Do you like feeling good? Well, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Positive Thinking, the podcast created to uplift and encourage you while giving practical tools to keep Christ at the center of your life. Like a painter dips his paintbrush in vibrant colors to color a painting, you can come here to be reminded that you are redeemed, filling your world with a kaleidoscope of biblical principles. Here to bless you, welcome your host, an author, retired naval officer, <coughs> CEO, and Christ follower, Mrs. Colorful Day herself, Jasmine Baker. Well, hey there. I just wanted to pop on today just to be a blessing to all of you. I'm going to tell you, I woke up this morning and immediately as I was, you know, listening to my word, feeding my spirit, and I've just been bathing myself in the word of God and being very intimate in my prayer life with him as I've been pulling closer in this hour and even in this season. But today was unique in that Immediately, as I'm looking in the mirror in the bathroom, I'm listening to a preacher preach to me, but then all of a sudden I start hearing rain. And I mean, it was very prevalent in my ears. I could hear rain. And then I, I stopped breathing for a moment just to make sure that's what I was hearing. And, and then I asked the Holy Spirit, am I hearing rain? And then so I do it again. I stop, I stop breathing just to, to see if I could hear rain again in the background, or was it just me hearing something random in my ears? But I'm going to tell you, people of God, today I heard the sound of rain. And then as I begin to just allow the Holy Spirit to minister to me, he just began to give me a word for you guys. And I'm super excited to come on to, to tell you that I heard the sound of rain, which signifies a blessing coming your way in an abundance. And that that is something refreshing that, you know, I know I felt refreshed when I, I heard it because this has been a very, very interesting season of sowing and laboring for me, whether it's sowing inside of other Christians and mentoring them towards discipleship or in my personal ministry through my writings, through my book publishings, through just spending that time in the field when God calls you to do it. And oftentimes you, you get so busy in it because you're trying to accomplish what God has showed you by vision that you forget that God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And, and that's what he does. When you follow him, when you obey him, when you live a life that's set apart and consecrated and and you do this constantly consistency and this becomes the way of your heart your lifestyle God rewards you your works never in vain when it comes to seeking the father and so today I just wanted to be a blessing to you guys and actually deliver you a rim of word on today I know this is going to bless some people because they have been wondering, you know, when is God going to show up for me? When is he going to come through? I've been, you know, waiting for this and waiting for this. I don't want to say that you're in lack because those that are resting in God 
can't be in lack. He says in his word that his seeds never go begging bread. Now, you might have desires that haven't been met or wants that haven't been met, but he is meeting your needs because he's a God who's going to meet our needs. But not only that, today I want to talk about the attribute of him that desires to bless you above and beyond in the midst of a trying season. Because right now we're in a season of um, everyone's worried about what's happening with uh, COVID and, you know, jobs are shifting. The things are becoming new, you know, like a new normal, even with how school is being taught. Most of that is going online. All types of things have shifted and people have had to go back and reevaluate the original landscape that they had laid out for their lives. How many of you know that? I mean, for me, I had to go back and, and say, wait a minute. Okay, Lord, with this new normal, what would you have me to do in this hour? I mean, look at the, the churches that are uh, trying to uh, reformulate or reshape what the church is in this hour. Hour. And when I say what the church is, not um, its original meaning, the ecclesia coming together and the, and the things that it's supposed to give out to the people. I'm talking about how we do business on a day to day basis. The church is having to go back and say, OK, how do I do business in COVID? And I'm going to tell you this. And it, people who aren't dependent on God for the answers will find themselves oftentimes frustrated and confused because they're trying to produce an answer that only God can provide. How many of you know that we serve a creative God? He's created the world in a matter of days by his spoken word. This is how awesome God is in this hour. And I mean, I won't belabor it, but I'm going to jump right into the word of God so that you can be blessed on a day. If I had to title today's topic, I would title it the sound of rain. The sound of rain. The sound of rain. See, rain often signifies um, blessing. Rain signifies provision. Rain often signifies when it comes in that there's oftentimes been a long season of work, of labor, and sometimes even of drought. And when God sends the rain, it comes in to bless us because God understands he sees all, knows all. He's omnipotent, omnipresent, and he can be there in all places at once. How many of you know that he is the author and the finisher of our faith? He's the beginning and the end. He's the alpha and the omega. He's outside of time. So things that are happening aren't catching God by surprise. He's not up there um, confused saying that he didn't plan for this. He's well aware of what's going on and he has it all orchestrated according to his divine plan. Turn quickly with me to Zechariah 10 and verse 1. Remember that if I had to title this on today, it would be titled The Sound of Rain. The Sound of Rain. Quickly turn to Zechariah verses chapter 10 verse 1. That's going to be the first thing that we're going to read. I'm going to hit four simple points on today. And as we go into Zechariah 10 verse 1, I'll be hitting point one. And point one is we have to study God's promises in this hour. How many of you know if you don't know God's promises, you will believe just about anything you see and hear? 
outside of his promises. And, and that's where it becomes dangerous because he says we're in the world, but not of the world. So we have a whole different uh way in order that we do business uh, when we are believers. We, we, we don't, we're not subject to what people are saying that um, should be our reality. Our reality is rested upon the truths and the doctrine of Christ. And, and I'm going to show you that here in the scriptures, why it's so important to study God's promises. And, and, and you hear us say it in the form of study God's word, because see, when you know his word, then you know how to begin to speak his word over your life and to speak his word over your situation to remind yourself of what God is saying about a particular situation when the situation does not look right to your five senses that uh, and now you have to go back and say okay Lord what did you say about this I know what they're saying about this but what what do you say about this and I know that I'm right when I say this because the word of God tells us whose report are you going to believe which lets me know that there's a report that God has. And then there's another report that, that man has. And, and I choose to believe God's report, but in order for me to be able to even, uh, understand God's report. I have to know his words so I can know when something is of God and when something is not of God. So Again, if I had to title today, it would be titled The Sound of Rain. And we're in Zechariah 10, verse 1. I'm going to read that really quick to you. It says, Ask the Lord for rain in the spring, for he makes the storm clouds, and he will send showers of rain so every field becomes a lush pastor. Now, let me read that again. This says, Zechariah 10 and 1. It says, Ask the Lord for rain in the spring, for he makes the storms clouds and he will send showers of rain. So every field becomes a lush pasture. Now, this is interesting because um, in order for us to get into a place that we can really see our prayers um, availeth much, like the word of God says, we have to learn how to Grab onto a promise, grab onto what God is saying about your situation and pray it straight through. It's a, how many of you know, it's like taking a, a dart and throwing it at a dartboard and hitting dead center. That's what I see right now in my spirit. When, when you grab a promise, the promise is the darkness in your hand. And, and I say, okay, Lord, right now, um, I need to pray through that there would be rain in this particular season. I grabbed that promise, understanding that Zechariah is the promise. This scripture 10 and one is the promise. It says, the Lord is telling you, ask the Lord for the rain in the spring for he makes the storm clouds. He's telling you, ask the Lord for the rain in the spring. He's telling you to ask him. When you ask him, he will send showers of rain so that your fields will be watered, basically. So he's, he's saying, just ask him. So I grab this dart in my hand. I begin to ask him because it says all his promises are what? Yes and amen. That's the word of God. This isn't my word. It says all of God's promises are yes and amen. Every word that's in this Bible is God's promise to me. This is how I can maneuver through life's challenges and still be upright, still 
abound in him is because that's what the word of God tells me about myself. And the more that I know the word of God, the more that I understand him and the more that I understand myself because he created me in his image. So if he created me in his image, I must understand him to see his attributes, the create being created in his image. I'm supposed to, to reflect off like God. I'm supposed to give off a light that's pleasing to God, but that should be the same attribute that God carries. If God is a God of love, I'll give you a quick simplistic picture. If God is a God of love and he is love because that's what the word of God tells us. That's not Jasmine's opinion. It says that God is love. If he is love, then wouldn't it only make sense that he would do things that are loving, that are, are kind, that, that wrap up inside of that particular facet of him? Wouldn't it be normal for me to see him operate in love. It says the father chastises those that he loves. So he, he explains even there that even if you don't agree what I'm doing, you need to understand my attribute is love. So if my attribute is love and I'm chastising you, for those who may not understand what chastising means, that means he's correcting you. He's like a father. He wants the best for you. He sees that if you, for example, he sees if you keep eating candy, you're going to get cavities where we would continue to eat the candy because the candy is sweet. The candy tastes good. He's saying, no, I can see in the future that you're going to get cavities. And not only that, I can see even further along that you're going to have to end up getting a root canal. And he says, no, I'm going to tell you, stop eating the candy. Matter of fact, I'm not going to give you any more candy. So every time you access me and ask me for candy, I'm going to say no, because I can see that you don't have self-discipline, self-control, and you are getting yourself to a place that this candy can cause you a lot of trauma, trauma in the way of cavities, trauma in the way of a root canal later, and, and et cetera, et cetera. Now, I use that, those very simplistic pictures so that you can understand the dynamics of God. And that when you tap into a promise of God, a promise allows you to be able to uh, speak to a situation that you're in when and, and bring things to life that, that should be happening that you don't see happening and that could be contrary to what you're you're seeing. Let's roll over to first Kings. We're going to go to first Kings verses 18 and one. And again, if I had to title today's scripture, it, it is title today's topic. It would be the sound of rain. And, and that's kind of what we are talking about as I paint this backdrop for you to understand that from Zechariah 10 and one, the Lord tells us acts, acts for the rain in the spring. And, and that's kind of even deep right there. He's telling you to ask for the rain in the spring. He even gives you a particular season. Ask for the rain in the spring. I want you to ask for it and, and see won't I bless you. He tells us that. And, and, and our first point was to know the promises of God. And as we continue to build, because that's a promise. And, and remember, I took that, that dart in my hand and said, now I have the promise of God in my hand. What do I do with it now? And, and, and that leads me into our next point, which means we have to begin to decree and declare that promise. Now, we get to see this story play out in the prophet Elijah's life. He shows up in 1 Kings 18 and 1. 
And this is what he says. It says later on in the third year of the drought. Now get this, this particular time, there's a drought that is going on in the land. He shows up. Now, a bit of backdrop about what's going on in the scripture. You have uh, King Ahab. He's ruling along with his wife, Jezebel, during this particular time. And what has happened is a drought is in the land. So it says in the third year of the drought. So I could imagine how people are. I mean, if there's a drought and a drought goes on for three years, I, it, there I'm sure it's just dry everywhere. There's no water. Um, the, the cattle are probably thirsty. You're thirsty. I could only imagine being in a physical drought like that. But not only that, let's just lay that template over our lives because I'm a firm believer in order for you to understand the scriptures, you must allow the scriptures to come to light in you, to light and to life in you. They need to come to life in you. So how does a scripture come to life to you? Now I'm going to teach and I'm going to teach in multiple layers in this season for you. It's going to be multiple layers. The anointing is here and it's going to be thick, but you're going to be able to take away some truths of God. So when you begin to read this word, I need for you to stop pay attention to it and let it absorb you. Let it immerse all into every facet of you. You say, you know, prophet, what does that mean? What that means is I need you to take your five senses and immerse them into the scripture. Meaning when I draw the pictures for you and say, it's the third year of the drought. I want you to picture that drought in your mind, picture it being dry, picture that, that it's not a green, uh, scenery that you see that the things are very dry and the trees are probably, I would imagine brown. If any trees, I bet you the ground and the dirt is super dry. It's not dark. Like you would normally see. I could imagine the heat. Let's deal with that sense. Imagine how it feels when you open the door and it's super hot in the summer and you know how you just breathe in heat. It's almost like you in a sauna. I would imagine that this drought and this heat is just dreadful during this particular time frame. And imagine how Having that constantly when you get up, the dryness, you don't have an air conditioner to turn on. You don't have a fan to turn on. It's just dry heat and you get up hot. You go to bed hot. People get an attitude when they're hot. I could imagine the climate and the culture of the people and how they're feeling at this particular time. And then Elijah shows up on the scene to tell the king in the third year of the drought, it says, go and present yourself to King Ahab. Tell him that I will soon send rain. Now, this is the Lord telling Elijah to present himself to King Ahab. Tell King Ahab that he's going to send rain soon. And this is in the third year of the drought. Now, I need you to, to put yourself in this situation. This is a, probably a king that's upset right now because the economy has took a what? A down spiral. And then here comes Elijah showing up saying, hey, you know, you're going to receive rain soon. Now let's stop for a minute. If you've been in drought for a long period of time, sometimes when we've been in a situation for a long period of time, it is difficult for us to uh, believe that God's still going to do it. I know that I'm right because when we know that the promise of God says one thing, which I've already showed you in Zechariah 10 and 1, it showed you that the Lord just said, ask for the rain. So we already, we have access to the controller of the rain. This is, this is the master who, who, 
puts the moon and the stars in the sky, who tells the, the, the sea not to overtake us, to, to tell the rain to stop so it doesn't overflow the earth. This is the master that I'm talking about. This is not your friend next door. This is not your, your mom, your dad, your, your pastor, your who. This is God who I'm talking about. He is the master over everything. This is a sovereign God who created all systems inside of the earth. The same God that allows a woman to birth a baby and a man not to birth a baby. Okay, come on. This is the God that I'm talking about on today. This is the God in first Kings chapter 18 that says later on in the third year of the drought, the Lord said to Elijah, go and present yourself to King Ahab. Tell him that I will soon send rain. So God cannot lie. And the reason I know he cannot lie, even in the middle of the drought, even if you don't want to believe what's happening because your situation been so dry for so long and you're just at a place of saying, you know what, I'm tired of believing. How many of you get sometimes can get to a place where you feel like, you know what? I'm tired of believing. They said things was going to get better for me six months ago and things aren't better. They said this and they said that and blase this and blase that. And sometimes we get frustrated. We get mad. We get confused. Because we don't understand the plan that God has for us. But remember, I told you, it's so critical to understand the promises of God. Because even when you don't understand God, you can go pull one of his promises down. And the promise of Jeremiah 29 and 11 tells us that he knows the plans for us. It's not to hurt us or to harm us, but it's to give us a hope or a future. See, that's what the promises of God do for you. The promises of God help you to be able to war against the things that you can cannot see your thoughts that come running across your mind that tells you not to believe the promise of God, your thoughts that tells you not to have faith, not to uh, continue to pursue God in a particular matter. And with this particular thing that we're talking about today, it's kind of interesting because we first get introduced to the promise of God in Zechariah 10 and 1. Then we, we float over to a situation where the man of God, Elijah, the prophet, is now being told by the Lord to present himself to Ahab and tell Ahab that he's going to send rain soon. Now, I could imagine, like I told you, it's been three years they haven't had rain. So I'm sure they're probably like, OK, whatever. Anyways, you don't have that much power to come tell us rain's going to come, et cetera, et cetera. And then there were some people that probably just straight up believe because how many of you know that we, we have that in a particular cloud? We have crowd. We have people who, who really believe and sold out for the, the word of God. And then we have some people that, that, that can be kind of wishy-washy back and forth. They, they, I got to see this first and et cetera, et cetera. But I'm telling you on today that we're in a season that you have to know that you know, that you know, that you know, that God's promises are yes and amen. And when you tap into them, pray them through and have clean hands and a clean heart, that God's going to do what he said he's going to do. And the reason I specify clean hands and a clean heart is because sometimes some things don't happen for us, not because God can't do it, not because he's not powerful, not because of all these other excuses that we line up for it, but it's because our hands aren't clean. It's because our hearts aren't clean. It's because we're not living a consecrated life, holy and acceptable unto God. How many of you know that we serve a sovereign, holy God and you can't show up thinking that you can get the bread of the children of God and you live in your life any kind of way. It don't work that way. And I'm here and I know that this is a hard word sometimes, but I'm going to tell you that I'm giving you this word with love and honey. It would be, do me a disservice to you to not give you the whole scroll to eat. I'm not here to just tell you 
that everything is going to be uh, great. There's going to be some challenges to come from the time that a promise of God that you pull on that promise of God and, and it's and it's being released and you decree and declare from the time that it comes forth. Some things you have to pray through. Some things are instant. Some things are easier than others. It's God who gives each and every one of us our homework. And we have to trust that he knows what he's doing when he hands us that homework assignment, whether he says, OK, with this homework assignment, this particular promise that you asked me for, it's going to take some work to pray through because I'm trying to exercise some things in your life or if it's one of those things that he's like no you don't have to do that you've already passed that that particular type of test or situation or I've built in you that particular uh thing for what I'm trying to accomplish and I'm going to give that to you instantly but when we tap into the promises of God the thing that we can be sure of is I don't know how he's going to get it to me I don't know the form the way the fashion if it's going to happen today or tomorrow but I do know this it's going to happen regardless it's going to happen because it's his promise and he's not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should have to repent. If he can't do his promises, then he wouldn't be God. It's just that simple. But let's go quickly over to first Kings. We're still in first Kings verse. I mean, chapter 18, but go quickly down to uh, verse 41. So I'm at first Kings chapter 18, and I'm at verse 41. And the reason I'm jumping down to verse 41 is because I'm building this backdrop for you. Remember I said the you, we were going to hit four points. The first point is you need to study the word of God and understand his promises and, and, and understand that they're yes and amen. That was point number one. The promises of God are there for us. The Bible was given to us so that we would have a roadmap in this life right here. That we would have the ability to know that we're in the world, but not of the world. And because we're not of the world, we would it, it would only uh, help us to know uh, the things that that we're supposed to know in this. Uh, if we're in the world and not of the world, the, the world that we're in being a new child of Christ and, and being a new creature. What are the things that a new creature does? Because you've, you 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 have a certain program that's been pushed on your hard, hard drive from the world. And you say, what, what, what I mean, this is what I mean. So we're all born in the world, brand new babies. Ain't no issues wrong with us. Yes, we're born in sin, shaped in iniquity. I get that. We were born in a world of sin because of the great fall. But I'm saying when that baby comes out, other than that, they have a clean hard drive. Ain't nothing on, their, on, ain't nothing on their hard drive. Things start to become loaded on their hard drive at that point. Now, that's from the environment they're in, the parents they have. The circumstances surrounding the birth, all that stuff, it starts to get loaded onto their hard drive and life happens. Not to mention if, if, if it's super challenging, difficult, we've all had problems. Come on, let's just let's just look at it for what it is. So so now you you born, you supposedly have a, a, a pretty clean slate. Aside from being born into a world of sin, something that you couldn't do nothing about, that's just what it is. But all the other stuff we upload on our hard drive, that belongs to us. That belongs to our parents. That belongs to the things you chose to do uh, and continue to do it even after the fact that you started to know better. And you say, I say all that to say what? I say all that to say this. You're programmed. And the Lord has to say, all right, when he makes you a new creature, that's what being a new creature is. He's trying to get you back to a state of rebooting that hard drive 
and putting on that hard drive the software programs that he desired to have on that hard drive, not the software programs that you want to have on that hard drive. And, I, and you know what I'm talking about, the, the uh, pride of life. The, the lust of the eye, all those things that we desire to have on our hard drives are the things that so easily beset us and pulls us from God, pulls us from the attributes and understanding who God is. Matter of fact, it even changes our morals, our values, our ethics, because then we started to pursue the things of the world, not understanding that it's more important to pursue those things of God, the things that the moth and the canker worm can't eat up. It says he would have us to store those things up in heaven, not to be looking for all this extra nonsense. That's why it's important for you to understand when you've been created in a new creature, he slicks your hard drive. When they slick your hard drive, they go in and take everything off, reload all new programs. So the Lord reloads all new programs. How does he reload the programs? By the way of the word of God. That's why you have to read the word of God. When you read the word of God, it begins to rebuild your thinking process. It goes back in. It touches the landscape of your mind and remaps things out. The word of God goes in and it, it, it would tell you that oh, I know you didn't have a natural mother or maybe you suffer with not having a natural father who wasn't around, but I'm your father. I'm your mother. I'm going to uh, be over you. I can show you what a mother does. I can show you what a father does, even when you don't have a father. This is the kind of God that we serve and why the promises are so essential to the life of a Christian. And, and even when I, I took a moment to to try to show you a way to hear God. When I said you read this word and absorb yourself into it, it says that we would serve God with all of our mind, our will, our emotions. We want to serve him with everything. And in order to serve him with everything, don't you think it would only make sense that when you read the word of God, in order for it to get in your spirit, to get in your mind, to reshape your mind, to renew your mind, that you would have to absorb all your senses in it when you read it. Come on now wake up that's what it is we have to read this word we have to put ourselves in the place of the of the person in the story it's so that we can really understand and, and when we see them operating you begin to see it and the word begins to what it begins to come to life because this is a breathing and a living word it's well it's, it's a living word that means i in order for it to live i have to put myself in the, in the situation, in the stories, and then it starts to make more sense to me. Now I'm on to point uh, two, and that's where we jumped into First Kings 18, verse one, where we talked a little bit about the Lord telling Elijah to go present himself to Ahab and tell Ahab, hey, it's going to be rain. And when he, he said, this is what's going to happen, we uh, we already know it's going to happen because that's his word. He didn't ask you how you felt about it. He didn't ask your opinion about it. It's his word. And that's just what it is. But Elijah goes as far as to understand that in order for the word of God to to come to life. Remember, I said it, the word of God is like having a dart in your hand uh, and, and that dart. You hit it on the center of that dartboard because that's what we want to do. We don't want to be hitting on the outside. We want to hit in the center. In order for it to hit in the center, there's a way to pray the promises of God through. Understanding that when the promise of God is released to you, it's, it doesn't stop the things that happen in between. I want to anchor there for a moment. I want to talk about the things that happen in between when a promise is leased 
release and from when a promise actually comes to life. Now, we already know all the promises of God are yes and amen. So all we have to do is tap onto them and pull them down into our lives. So when we do that and we tap into them, like I told you, when I started on today, I said I heard the sound of rain. I heard the sound of rain. So it was crucial for me to say, okay, I need to go decree and declare in their lives the sound of rain. But just to decree and declare isn't enough. You need to understand why I'm decreeing and declaring that in your life, because that's a promise of God. And God is saying, daughter, you hear the rain. You can go decree and declare this and tell them, look, this is a promise that I've gave them in Zechariah 10 and 1. And not only that, I even gave them a story to look at if they want to know how to pull the promise down and pray it through by giving them the prophet Elijah. Now, the prophet Elijah, after he presented himself to Ahab, some interesting things happened. Now, now, remember, he presented himself to Ahab. And when he talked to Ahab, he told Ahab that there was going to be rain soon. So basically, he takes the promise and says, this is what's going to happen. Not because I said it, because God said that it's going to be rain soon. Now, in between from the time Elijah said that from verse two all the way down to verse 42, a bunch of stuff happens. And that's what I want to talk about right now. The things that happen in the in-between of a promise being released. Now, you say, what happened? When you read First uh, Kings um, all the way through verse 18, you will see that in that chunk of scriptures that I gave you, Elijah ends up battling the prophets on Mount Carmel. And a lot of us know that story. If not, go back into First Kings, verse 18, read the entire verse in its entirety from beginning to end, and you will see that after he presented himself to King Ahab, he has a run in with the prophets and he has to take down 450 false prophets on Mount Carmel. Now, this is a bunch of stuff happening in between, in between from when the promise was released out of his mouth to Ahab to when the promise actually comes to pass. Where, and when I say comes to pass, comes to fruition so you can see it in the natural because it's already released and it's been settled in heaven. You just have to get to a place where you position yourself in the right spot to see the promise. And that's a whole nother lesson, how some promises we miss and don't see because your back turned to it. You positioned in the wrong place. You have your ear gates given to the wrong people. You're just not in position to receive what it is that God has released. And so you end up missing it inadvertently. But that's a whole nother lesson. I'll teach that later. But we're going to talk about the in-between. So remember I said with this story with Elijah, it's a whole bunch of stuff happening on the in-between. He's battling the prophets. All this stuff is happening. And I could imagine when he goes through this huge battle with these prophets, that that's probably a few days passing, you know, he's having to pray. That takes a lot out of a person when you're trying to, uh, allow God to move through you to deal with opposition because the word of God says vengeance is mine says the Lord and he's basically saying you don't have to fight the battle Elijah I'm going to fight the battle for you but I still need to use you as the instrument to get my point across to these 450 prophets and to speak this word loud and, and unashamed to Queen Jezebel and Ahab, what I'm going to do when things don't line up according to what I said they should be. So we have all that stuff happening on the in-between. So after this in-between and all the stuff happening, we now see Elijah in verse 41 praying for the rain that he decreed and declared in verse one. 
get that, the rain that we talked about in Zechariah 10 and 1, that the Lord said, ask for it. We have Elijah being sent to uh, King Ahab by the Lord. It's, and the Lord tells him to tell him, I'm going to send rain. And the in between, he has to battle all these prophets. So he got a whole bunch of opposition coming up against him, you know, so that this situation won't come to pass. See, one would argue when they look at this story, we get fixated on him on Mount Carmel. But I would say on today, I would venture to tell you that Mount Carmel served its purpose. But at the same time, he couldn't get distracted with Mount Carmel. There was a promise of rain still to happen in the land. And that's what I need you to know today. Don't get distracted with your situation. Don't get distracted with people. Don't get distracted with something that you prayed that you felt didn't happen happened before. God's strategies and things are very different now. I told you the landscape has changed, but God's promises are still yes and amen. But the way you go about pulling them down, are, it could be much different than how you were pulling them down in the past. Now, this is what the man of God does in verse 41. I'm going to read it for you. It says, then Elijah said to Ahab, Go get something to eat and drink for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. Now he's talking to Ahab after he didn't battle 450 of their prophets and basically killed them. Just like that. Mount Carmel happens. These 450 prophets, they are now dead. And they're at the point in the story that he's talking to Ahab and he's telling Ahab, now go get you something to eat and drink. Because I hear rain coming. He gets back on task. He gets back on task. Did you hear me on that? Get back on task. I decree and declare that you will get back on task. Because some people have gotten off task. They have let the in-between this COVID situation, uh, problems and trials of life, get you distracted. That was supposed to be a temporary trial. Walk through it. God had already given you the victory. And now you sidetrack. Get back on task. The task for Elijah was that he had to say, look, Ahab, go get you something to eat. Go get you something to drink. Because I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. He's going back to reaffirm the promise of God. That Look, I already told you rain is coming. Go ahead. Go eat. Quit being distracted with what I just did to your prophets because rain is on the way. Rain is on the way. So in verse 42, it says, so Ahab went to eat and drink. So Ahab is now obedient. He goes to eat and drink. But Elijah climbs to the top of Mount Carmel, bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. Okay, that right there. Let's start right there. He Now he goes to tell uh, Ahab, go eat, go do what you need to do. He recognizes what he needs to do. I'm going to go pray this through. He goes to the top of Mount Carmel where he just had this huge battle, goes back up to Mount Carmel, bow low. Bowing low is signifying he is now understanding God's sovereignty. Not that he didn't understand it before, but how he's getting ready to approach God and pray this thing through is he understands I must reverence God. He understands who he is in perspective to who God is. See, because some of us get that a bit confused. We we don't understand who we are in re in uh reflection to who God is. Now he created us in our image, but let's not get beside ourselves. We were born in sin. Jesus Christ was sinless. We were born in sin because of the great fall. So we have sin on us. That's why we must renew our minds 
constantly while we must meditate on the scriptures what day and night that's why he tells us to be of good courage god is not standing up there needing nobody to tell him to be of good courage jesus is not standing up there telling nobody to uh that he needs to meditate on the scriptures because jesus is the word of god jesus was here as the logos walking in the flesh for us so we have to understand who we are in reflection to to who they i'll say who they are who the trinity are who we are in in reflection to who the holy spirit is and his personhood because it says even with the trinity they're all of equal power and equal worship and equal substance so they they all deserve the same thing for us to be reverenced but in particular as i anchor on him him being Elijah telling Ahab to go eat and drink as he goes to pay reverence to God at the top of the hill. It says he bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. So this is Elijah now praying in total humility, understanding God's sovereignty, understanding that to how to reverence God to the point he puts his face between his knees and some people might say well what's that all about come on now don't you remember when isaiah said in the king that uh in the year the king uzziah died it was then that i saw the lord when you go look at that scripture you can see how Isaiah starts to recognize when Jesus train fills the temple, you know, the Lord's train fills the temple and all these, these dynamics begin to happen in the story. He starts to realize that he's a wretch undone. He said that I'm a man undone. The reason he's saying he's undone is because he recognized himself when he looks at his, it looks at the father, who I am in reflection to the father. I'm recognizing I fall short. My best guess is filthy rags before a holy God. So when we start to recognize who we are, whose we are, and in reflection to who God is, it is only then that we can have what's called a fervent prayer. It says that prayers of the righteous availeth much. How do we get our prayers to avail? There's a couple ways I'm going to tell you how to get your prayer to avail, which leads me to point number three and i'll wrap it up into number four because what happens with point number three uh, i said don't get distracted with the in between he didn't get distracted that was point number three don't get distracted what happens on the in between but you must continue to pray things through point number four is understanding who god is understanding who he is now when he goes and puts his face between his knees and i'm now in verse 43 first kings 18 verse 43 it says then he said to his servant go go and look out toward the sea the servant went and looked now this is elijah he's already prayed he's already reverenced god he's sitting here on mount carmel and he tells his servant go and look out towards the sea the servant went and looked and then returned to elijah and said I didn't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go back and look. Then finally on the seventh time, can y'all say seven times? Seven times. Seven times he had to tell the servant to go back. So imagine this. You in here praying to God to pray this thing through because God already told you the rain's going to come. You in there praying fervently. You pushing this thing through. And it took seven times. And it says, finally, the seventh time his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about a size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab to tell him, climb into your chariot, go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain 
will stop you. This is how much rain was coming. And that's why I said when I heard rain, I said, I have to come on today. I have to bless the people of God. I have to tell them that I hear rain for you on today. And that if you do what you know to be right, the things that I'm telling you, as a prophet of the most high God to understand his promise. And I showed you where his, I helped you get through half of the, the things you need to do. All you need to do right now is continue to stand and be consistent. Don't be distracted. Continue to keep your face like a flint praying towards God, praying that promise through accepting that it may take you a few times as you praying it through, but stay consistent in your prayer and see, won't God show up for you? I know I'm right because the servant came back seven times. Elijah's still sitting there with his head between his knees on the top of Mount Carmel, calling out to God. The, the servant keeps coming back. And what does Elijah keep telling him? Go back, go back because he was so sure on the promises of God that the rain is coming to even though it took seven times he saw the rain it shows up like a what in verse uh first first kings 18 verse 44 says finally the seventh time his servant told him i saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand so he's seeing the rain and it, and it, it shows up like a small cloud and then it says it was rising above the sea. Then Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab. So he's telling Ahab, you better hurry. You on your way back, but you slowing around. You need to hurry up. If you don't hurry up, this rain is getting ready to stop you. That's how much rain God is trying to send your way. If you would just trust him, if you would just keep praying the promise of God through, God is trying to bless you. So let's wrap this thing up. Point number one was study God's promises, understanding that they're yes and amen. I told you the title of today's topic was the sound of rain. I heard rain and I'm decreeing and declaring that rain is coming your way. On the seventh time, you are going to see rain. I don't know which time each and every listener is at, but I'm telling you, you stay faithful, faithful to believe in the promises of God and it will happen for you. It will happen for you. It happened when they marched around the wall at Jericho on the seventh time. It did what? It came tumbling down. God's trying to bless you in this hour, despite of how it looks, because we saw Elijah. Elijah had to do a battle on Mount Carmel with 450 prophets. He's having to do a battle in the middle of him decreeing and declaring that this rain is going to come. He's all busy doing that. But then he came back to uh, his homework and said, okay, back in verse 18 and 41, it says, then Elijah told him, go eat, go drink, because I hear a mighty rain coming. So it's awesome because even though he could have gotten distracted with all these other issues, he didn't. He came back, grabbed back hold of the promise, started praying it through, put his, he bowed low to the ground, referencing who God was uh, in, in reflection to who he was, put his head between his knees and he stayed there praying fervently because he understands that the prayers of the righteous availeth much. He stayed there because I don't see nowhere in the scripture that it said he moved yet. He stayed there and his servant went, looked and returned back to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Then it says the seven times Elijah told him, go back, go back and look. He said, don't just go back. 
Go back and I need you to look, pay attention. That's what I'm telling you guys today. Go back and pay attention because when it happened, it didn't just come in like a bunch of rain coming down. It came in. It says, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand coming from the sea. So when you get this abundance that God is getting ready to give you that I heard on today, the sound of rain, it's going to come in slow. And then before you know it, it's going to begin to shower down. And he said that it's going to shower down so that you would have a lush pasture. I didn't say that. The word of God in Zechariah 10 and 1 said that the rain comes so that you would have a lush pasture. And that is what God is trying to do for you in this hour. Matter of fact, he ain't trying. He's already did it. You just have to accept it. Do the things that I prescribe to you today, just like a doctor prescribes medicine as the prophet of God. I'm prescribing to you on today. Do these things I told you to do. Know the promise. Believe the promise. Pray the promise through. Don't get distracted. Then sit back and watch the mighty move of God. And, and doing that, understanding who you are in reflection to who God is. He's an awesome God, high and lifted up. I could go on all day about how awesome God is, but I know that you know that because if you didn't know that, you wouldn't be listening to my podcast. You wouldn't even you wouldn't even care to come and hear what the prophet had to say. But the reason you did, God wants to bless you, and He's going to bless you. All you have to do is say right now, Lord, I receive it. Say it right now. Say, Lord, I receive it. Say it again. Lord, I receive it. Say it one more time. Lord, I receive it. I receive the rain that you have for me in this season because I'm in the world and not of the world. And I've been called according to Christ Jesus. He has a plan for you and he's going to bless you even now. And I'm closing. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for the sound of rain. We thank you for the abundance of the Holy Spirit in this particular hour, just rolling out like never before. I ask that you cover your people, God, everyone under the sound of my voice. Allow them to be able to step into a deeper and a a more uh, thriving anointing than than they've ever seen before. God's trying to do something new, something that you've never seen, God. We want you to do it like you never have done it before. We want you to continue to show out in our lives on today. And not only that, God, bless each and every listener that is under the sound of my voice, that they might have a blessed and a wonderful week and that they might come into a true, true revelation of who you are in this particular hour. We ask all of these things in your darling son, Jesus name. Thank you for listening. We're so glad you joined us on today's episode of Positive Thinking with Mrs. Colorful Day herself, Jasmine Baker. We know you are blessed today, and we'd love to hear about it. Connect with us on social media at Positive Thinking Podcast. 